Welcome to the Up Level Dairy Podcast. This is the podcast for dairy owners, managers, and their trusted advisors who are looking to take themselves and their businesses to their next level of performance, resilience, and success in the dairy farming business. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen, and it's my mission to bring you the stories and thought leaders to help take you to your next up level. Borrowing money to pay the bills? Well, if that is you or someone that you know in the dairy industry, then this episode of the Up Level Dairy Podcast is for you. Joining me today is Polly Paul from Complete Management Consulting. And if you tuned in for episode 14 of the Up Level Dairy Podcast, one of our most popular podcasts ever, you heard a little bit about Polly and his career that involves helping dairies from desperate situations be able to make money and increase their cash flows and reduce their expenses. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about again today with Polly is how he helps struggling dairy farms go from their loan officer's bad list to putting money in the bank. And in this episode, he's going to share one of his many success stories and leave you with tips for increasing income and reducing expenses on your dairy. Welcome, Polly. Thanks for having me, Peggy. <laughs> Glad to have you back, Polly. And you and your team, this is what you do. You help dairies increase income, reduce expenses. Is there one scenario in particular that stands out in your mind in your years in this business? Yes, there is. There's one of them, about a 500 cow dairy that we started working with about six years ago. Okay. And so what uh, what sticks out in your mind when you first got called out to this particular dairy? They were lacking on the income side. They were having to borrow some money each month just to pay some of the bills. And the labor was basically running the show there. How many partners were involved in the day-to-day work and decision-making on the dairy? Yeah. So there were four um, family members that were there on the farm day-to-day. I could tell right away when I got there, they were really stressed. Um, I knew they were struggling to 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 do much with the employees because they didn't have a handle on what was really going on and and financially I think they had a lot of sleepless nights thinking of that. Yeah, so they were losing sleep, stressed out and borrowing money to pay the bills. This this was not a good situation. Hence the reason they called Polly Paul. <laughs> and so okay, so Polly, so you walk onto this dairy and you do an evaluation, you see all the things we just talked about where did you start in helping them? So the first thing I tried to do is is, is get a win. Um, and by that being said, I, I wanted to figure out how we could get some more income and um, try to change the attitude of the employees. Okay. So, yeah, that's where I, I really tried to focus on getting more income right off the bat. Yeah. And so, uh, so what did that look like? Um, so you talked about getting more income. You also talked about better relationship with the employees. How did you, how did you do that? So you know, I had to think outside the box a little bit, um, looking at what was going on day to day. Um, they were milking the cows twice a day. The employees were dragging the milking out so long that the cows were standing a, a real long time in the holding area, which was affecting the, um, the milk income that they were getting. So what we did is we um, we took those employees. We had to get a few new ones in there. We rearranged their schedules. Um, we totally overhauled the the cows schedules a little bit so that they were actually getting back to the pen much faster. They were able to lay down and and, and produce more milk. So that being said, what we did is we went from twice a day milking 
to four time a day milking. And when I say think outside the box, that's what we had to do on that particular dairy just to make things flow properly. Yeah. And so in that switch from twice a day milking to four times a day milking, you made some changes also in the way that milking and washing and um, just kind of the regular operations of an employee shift looked. So what what was it like when you started and what was it like after you made the changes? So basically what we did in the, in the beginning, I, you know, I sat down with the employees. I looked or I asked them what they wanted. Um, they had three shifts of employees. We, um, we knew we had to get rid of some of the bad apples. So we went from an eight-hour shift to a 12-hour shift. So we were able to eliminate one shift of employees, which we, we, kept, we tried to keep the best ones. And the bad apples were sent on their way because they weren't going to um, adhere to any changes. So we started out um, milking the cows in five hours. We got done milking in five hours. The employees were then able to take an hour-long break and do some wash-up and then start milking again. And they were done milking cows. It took 10 hours. So they're, they're totally done. Cows were back into the pens much quicker. Um, production started climbing instantly. Um, then the morale of the employees became really good once they realized the schedule that was put in place was actually favoring them. So they were getting paid for their 12 hours and they only had to work for, you know, they had a milk house for 10. So they're there for about 11 hours. Okay. So just to kind of take a step back and look at this. So, um, so a longer shift, which was actually more favorable, something that these employees were happy to, to adapt into their, um, their work routine. Uh, but then also running cows through the parlor, that extra time to go from the two X to the four X. Right. 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 And so employees were happier as you started adapting to this system for, for their personal schedules and their workflow. But also this was your trigger for increasing milk production, thus increasing income, right? Correct. And it didn't, by doing that, it didn't even change any of the, uh, the amount of wages that were paid out because they had already been paying, you know, for a 24 hour day basically beforehand. So we actually increased the times that the cows were being milked, increased the income, but did not in increase wages. Wow. That's a, that's a win all the way around when you said you went after the win. Right. Yeah. And so, and the other thing that, that came up through this too, as you, as you explained this, Polly, is um, cows must have spent less time standing in the holding area because you were able to move through the system faster. Right. Correct. Yeah. So the cows, you know, our goal was to get the cows in and out of the parlor in 45 minutes. And we achieved that right away. Beforehand, the cows would be, you know, potentially gone from their, from their pen for two hours or, or more standing in the holding area or the return lane or in the parlor. So our goal was to get it down to 45 minutes and we, we were able to attain that and get them back where they belong. Mm, so more time to lie down, more time to eat, more time to make milk on the part of the cows and more efficiency running through the parlor yeah, without yeah. adding additional labor costs. Correct. Wow. Okay. So when we talk about, like we said, going for those wins and increasing income, these were the first things that you went after. Yeah. Those are the first thing we went after. And then after that, it, it helped lead into everything else. Yeah. And you had the buy-in from the employees for the next change? Right. Yeah. The, empl the employees bought into that. And then obviously ownership bought into it once they 
you know, saw the checkbook. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so we just talked about this piece, the increasing income piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add to, to that portion of, of this conversation? So um, increasing the income, what we did, you know, on that end also is by going to the four time a day, we were able to uh, improve uh, milk quality. So we, uh, obviously lowered somatic cell count. Um, we had less cases of mastitis, which, you know, helped on the expense side of things. You're not having to spend money on all the um, therapeutics that they had to use beforehand. Yeah. So improvements in milk quality. And so, uh, so then let's flip over to the other side of this equation. We talked about increasing income and what ways did you start looking at how can we do, we reduce expenses? So, a lot of this all went hand in hand. Um, like I said before, with the somatic cell um, being reduced, we were able to reduce mastitis cases. Um, we got healthier cows because the cows weren't standing in the holding area so long. So foot health improved. Um, overall cow health was improving. Um, we we then looked at, you know, the feed center. Now that we got the win, we got a little more buy-in for other changes we were going to make on, on this dairy. So we looked at trying to improve um, the feed quality that was being put in front of the cows um, and just going through that whole process that took a little bit longer, you know, just because of um, harvesting and all that stuff. But we went through everything basically with a fine tooth comb and, and we're, we were able to reduce a lot of expenses, put up a lot better feed. Uh, we're, we're using a lot less um, additives to the feed and, um, you know, some less or we're using less vaccines and, and that sort of thing. A lot of Band-Aids we were able to pull out. Mm, so you ripped off the Band-Aids. And by Band-Aids, you're referring to some things that had to be added to feed and forage to be able to deliver a healthier uh, a product to the cattle that was going to be healthier and not result in some negative consequences because you took care of things with putting up good feed on the front end. Right. And ripping off the Band-Aid of some certain health protocols that the dairy had become dependent upon and was built in their routine, uh, but you didn't really need necessarily anymore. Is that Cor- correct? Correct. And I think that's a lot of things every, I think everybody really needs to look at is, yes, there's a lot of products out there that you can use to to fix certain things and they all work. There's I, I don't say they don't, but they all work great. But I think there's a lot of preventative measures we can use you know, like putting up good quality forages, making sure there's, you know, we reduce the amount of oxygen that gets to them by, you know, putting uh, good uh, good bunker covers on them and making sure we're not getting much, you know, that much mold on, on the feeds and um, just and putting the, the right ration in front of them, making sure, you know, mixing has been done properly. And those are things we all, we looked at when we were there and you know, made those changes and we could see the results immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Paulie, I know another area when it comes to feeding that you scrutinize when you look for these opportunities to reduce expenses and improve efficiencies, which is another one of your specialties is in feed mixing and delivery. And so what did you uncover when you really cracked into that piece of what was going on at this dairy six years ago? So, yeah, looking at the feed center, what we did, the first thing, you know, we wanted to focus on was how can we uh, get more forage and better quality forage? So, obviously, we, on the haylage side of things, we were able to harvest the crop more times per year, 
getting more tonnage in the bunkers uh, and a better quality product. Um, that was a big thing. And then corn silage, making sure it was being harvested, you know, at the proper moistures, um, making sure it was packed well. And that, that dairy does an awesome job of doing all these things. Now we, they've since put a, a few more bunkers up um, just so they got extra storage for the feed. And they've really, really done a great job of um, improving the feed quality. Yeah. Yeah. And what about on the, uh, on the side of cow health um, and other areas where you were able to reduce some expenses? So yeah, and, and uh, cow health side of things, you know, by getting these cows better quality feed, getting them um, in and out of the parlor faster, we were able to reduce the amount of um, band-aids that we actually had to put in into these cows to keep them, you know, from getting sick and um, getting them to lie down faster, foot health, you know, got a lot better, you know, just the day-to-day things, making sure everything was being done properly really helped on the cow health side of things. Yeah. And so it sounds like, Polly, as I listened to you explain this combination of the efforts to increase the income side, reduce expenses, there were just a lot of little things that when you put them all together, ended up with some big wins, multiple wins across the way. Yeah, it really did. And I, and like we said in the beginning, you know, trying to get that win, the first win, everybody has a little buy-in and then it, it usually makes things go a little bit easier making the rest of the changes. And now I think, you know, some of the changes that we've been making now aren't quite as big as that very first one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, so let's take a, take a step back and look at the situation at this particular 500 some cow dairy six years later. Um, so what have been the results of all of these efforts when we look at the bigger picture of, you know, we talked about the challenges originally with milk quality, with employees, with um, profitability, with just for goodness sakes, farmers that couldn't sleep at night when you first got there. Let's break down what the results have been one by one. Speak to the side of uh, milk production and milk quality first. So milk production, I, I, we've increased by, you know, from the start till now, we're up well over 20 pounds of milk per cow per day. Wow. Um, we were able to add a few more cows on, you know, which was obviously able to, we were able to increase income that way too, by reducing our culling. So our culling rate has really dropped. So we're, we're raising less heifer calves now, raising more beef calves. So that, that income has come up. So that's, I think that's a couple of keys there to the income. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so 20 more pounds of milk that you're able to capture and what's the difference in somatic cell count look like from start to where you are today? So when we first started there, they were well over 500,000 on cell count. Um, today I don't think they, I don't remember when it's been so long that they've been over a hundred. It's they're always under 100 for cell count. Wow. And so more milk, higher quality milk. Uh, and let's just take one second to sit in in that conversation and say for any dairy right now, I mean, we're seeing more and more um, concern and stringency on the milk processor and procurement side of wanting a steady volume of high quality milk. How, how are these changes 
Uh, how were they important to this dairy being able to have a positive long-term future and home for their milk? I mean, compared to six years ago when we were looking at somatic cell count consistently over 500,000. Yeah, so I think in today's world, I believe every dairy needs to basically market themselves or sell themselves. And I think this dairy from when it, when we first got there would have been, it had been really tough for them to sell their milk where they were at. They probably would have been on a list of somebody they would have, you know, potentially lost their milk market. If in today's world, they would have been there. Um, but I think it's something every, every dairy needs to look at and, and understand that if you're not putting out a quality product, there's a, there's a chance that you may or may not have a milk market. Mm, yeah. And that's the reality of the time that we're in, in this industry. Right. Yeah. Um, speak to the employee piece uh, for a second here too, because going back six years when you first got there, that was a big daily struggle was the dynamics between employees and ownership and uh, just the turnover and dependability, losing sleep at night because they weren't sure if somebody was going to show up the next morning. How has that changed? What's it like now? So I, that has changed. I mean, it's done a 180. When we first got there, like I said, the employees were running the show. So when we had to work through those employee issues and figure out, you know, who were the bad apples and and find the right people to move up. So we had we actually trained uh, that there was one really good employee there. We had trained him how to do all of the herd work. He's you know, he, he was in the parlor milking cows. He really didn't want to do that sort of thing. So we got him out there. We got him trained up. He he does the breeding on the farm. He does all the herd work with the cows. And now we've got him trained up to take care of all the employees. Wow. Wow. So you're really able to kind of find that person with the, some great potential and leadership and give them give them an opportunity to grow in their role. Right. Yeah. He he does. Yeah. He does all the hiring. He does all the firing. And I can't remember the last time there's been a new employee that they have they have no turnover at all right now. Everything really is running well there. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, and so, you know, we've talked about a lot of different areas that have had notable improvements in your time of working with this dairy, this success story. But the bigger picture, too, that I want to step back is, you know, the beginning of this whole conversation was, you know, for those dairies out there that were um, or are borrowing money to pay the bills, that used to be these guys. What's their situation now? So today, yeah, they're they're cash flush. They have they have money sitting in the savings account, collecting interest on it right now. Today, you know, their their checkbook has got plenty of money to cash flow anything they need right now. Um, so they're in a really good situation. You know, life is really great, and I I'm really happy that we were able to to work with them and and work together to get things straightened out. Yeah. So they went from borrowing money to pay the monthly bills to be in a situation where there's money in the bank and they have the ability to make improvements and upgrades as needed to continue to be profitable, efficient, keep a good solid base of employees. And uh, and in your situation, Complete Management Consultants, um, you still have your boots on the ground at this dairy. Correct. Yeah. So what does that look like? What does that continued service look like from you and your team? So basically, 
Um, we, we stop in there one day a week and occasionally a second time if needed, but it's, it's basically just show up. We, we, um, we walk the entire dairy, talk to all the employees that are there, um, talk to the owners, find out if there's any issues that are happening, if there's any cow issues, anything that's happening with the employees, anything that's happening on the cropping side. So they use us for everything that happens there day to day. And it's basically just a couple hours stop once a week. Yeah. So, so what's interesting, Polly, as you tell this story, the success story of a dairy that was in a, a bad spot six years ago, but made this, you know, ma- made the call to have you come in and then made the decision to keep you part of the team doing these regular check-ins. You know, it was an additional expense to have your service, but at the end of the day, now, I'd say there would they say their ROI was pretty high on that investment? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. They've done really well for themselves. Yeah, yeah, and go back to that uh, go back to the stress level too. I mean, these guys were worried about how they were going to pay the bills. They were worried about who's going to show up for milking. What's what would you say uh your gauge on the stress level of the partners in this dairy today? Oh, I think it's it's turned totally around. I mean, the stress that they have right now today is very minimal. There's obviously there's always things that happen, but compared to the first time I was there, it's, it's night and day difference. Yeah. And you've been able to walk us through some of those major steps that you took in working with this dairy to take them from borrowing money on a monthly basis, just to pay the bills to being in a position where they're able to sleep at night and get back to enjoying being dairy farmers again. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's it really feels good to see uh, you know how they I guess how their entire um livelihood has changed and you know how how their day-to-day you know attitudes are. Yeah. You know, it's it's really it's fun to see. So Polly, what you just shared with us is this story of a dairy that you helped successfully go from having to borrow money each month just to pay the bills to being in a cash positive position today by helping them increase their income and reduce their expenses and experience so many other benefits for their cows, for their employees, and for their own stress level at the end of the day. And you know, I just want to take a minute to step back from this story and call out a couple of key points that I'm seeing come up here that I hope our dairy farmers and their consultants and advisors that are listening to this podcast can take home with them as well. And one of the things that really jumps out at me, Polly, is you talked about looking for that first win as being a critical step in getting the buy-in from the employees and being able to really make true positive, long-lasting, and profitable changes on this dairy. Uh, so w- would you agree, was that one of the, the biggest things that you did that made all the difference and able to experience these benefits six years later for this dairy? Yeah, I really do. I think it, in the end, looking back at it, it, that really was the turning point there to get the buy-in from the employees and the owners. Yeah, and once you got that, was everything else easier? Yeah, it made everything else much easier. You know, you you didn't have to fight it hardly anybody to get a lot of the changes made. Yeah, so you built trust, proved what you're capable of doing, and when everyone realized that they were a little bit happier, it was easier to bring up the next changes. Right. Yeah, every time we 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 suggested another change, it made it a lot easier to 
to move forward with it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Polly, again, you know, going back to um, this outside look at the story you just told, another thing that I'm seeing here is that, uh, you know, there is such a value sometimes in getting out of our own heads, out of our own environments, and having somebody else take a look at how we're doing things and being able to see from the outside in. And that's, that's what you do, right? Right. And it's something when we walk into another dairy and we do a walkthrough, we're able to pick up on things that you may overlook. And I think it's something you would do the same thing if you walked into another dairy. You're going to walk by, you know, something sitting alongside the wall and realize why is that thing there or why are they doing things a certain way? You're going to ask those questions and, you know, and having somebody else come into your dairy should help, you know, point out some of those things some of your faults, maybe. Yeah. Some of, and some of those opportunities to just tighten up efficiencies and be able to be a little more productive and profitable, um, or even to have a better work environment for yourself and your employees. Correct. Yeah. And you know, Polly, the third thing that really jumps out to me from the conversation that we just had is that, you know, you look at the, the current situation of our dairy farming, um, our dairy farming economy, our milk markets, and the opportunity to find homes for the milk that we're producing. And I mean, here again is something you deal with every single day is working not just with the dairies, but also more and more with milk companies, co-ops on the procurement side. And you're seeing that there is more stringency and more guidelines being put in place for the quality of the dairy farm, the dairy producer and the milk and the animal care that's all going in to the picture of being able to have the opportunity to continue to dairy farm and to be able to produce and sell milk. And so, you know, just speak to a moment, speak for a moment. Why does it matter so much more now that the things that maybe some of us have been procrastinating on and take not taking action of to be able to make improvements around our farm, improvements in somatic cell, everything else? Why is it so much more important right now to take this seriously and to take action than ever before? So I think uh, most everybody knows that you can't, it's, it's almost impossible to find a new home for your milk. Uh, you, whoever you're with is basically who you're going to be staying with. So that being said, we need to realize, you know, if, if there's something bad in the media that pops up about your facility, um, those are things that, you know, may give an opportunity for um, whoever's purchasing your milk to say no more. And the reason that's being done is because, you know, social media, we got, Everything's out there that anything you do wrong, whether it be just the way your farm looks, whether it be some action that, uh, you know, may have happened on your on your dairy or or how the animals are being cared for. Those those things are being blown up on the media every day. And there's also activists out there trying to, you know, trying to push you know, people not to drink milk or whatever that might be. But I, I tell everybody, let's um, let's look at our dairy as a business. Um, let's try to make sure you're putting out a quality product. You're the face of your business, you know, from the outside looking in, maybe just from the road, make sure, you know, the presentation of that looks good. Um, making sure your animals are being cared for well. And a lot of times, you know, you, you being stuck inside, you know, that business every day, you don't, you might not see certain things, but an outside person walking in might be able to say, Hey, you know, 
move the equipment over here so you can't see it from the road or, or you know, cut some grass or, or whatever it might be. Those sort of things by, you know, might help, you know, the appearance of your facility and make it make you more, um, uh, make, uh, you know, make it so that another milk plant may want to take you on at some point. Yeah. And you've, you've seen dairies in this situation where they're starting to lose their opportunity to, to sell their milk. Yeah. We've, we've taken on a few of those calls here in the last couple of years where, um, you know, farms had lost their milk market and we're trying to find places, places to go with them. And it's nearly impossible to find somebody else to take on that milk. And what happens then you, you end up losing your entire livelihood. Yeah. And so in the success story that you were able to share with us, Polly, today of the 500 cow dairy you came to six years ago, we're able to help them get to a position from borrowing money to pay the bills to being positive financially, uh, being in the spot where they are the type of dairy a milk plant wants to continue to procure milk from. If, if you and your team had not receive the call at the time that you did, if this dairy farm family hadn't been receptive and welcoming to the services that you and your team were able to provide and continued to utilize them over the last six years, do you think they would still be in business now? I, I think if they were still in business, they would have you know burned through probably all of their equity. Um, milk quality i don't think they would be able to sell their milk today if they had that that same quality um so yeah it would it would be really tough i have a few other dairies that we work with that are a little bit uh, better situation on the milk quality side and and they're you know looking at potentially losing their their milk markets because of that so mm-hmm. we're trying to get those figured out right now yeah Yeah. And so for those of our listeners out there that just need that little extra help in figuring out how to increase their income, reduce their expenses and have a more positive cash flow in 2023. They can reference our good friend, Polly Paul at Complete Management Consultants. His contact information will be in our show notes. And make sure you jump back to episode 14, one of our most popular episodes of the Up Level Dairy Podcast ever. And that is Polly's story of bringing bankrupt dairies back in the black. And so thank you for joining us on this episode of the Up Level Dairy Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Up Level Dairy Podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen. And if you like what you heard today, go ahead and head on over to upleveldairy.com to read the blog and join the Up Level Dairy email list so you can receive new podcasts, blogs, and special offers coming soon from Up Level Dairy straight in your inbox. To listen to more episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and don't forget to rate and review. Connect with me, Peggy, at Peggy at UpLevelDairy.com and follow Up Level Dairy on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.